Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors wrapped up their incredible 2019-2020 regular season with their seventh win of the bubble. The Raptors finished the season 53-19 and with a 117-109 win over the Denver Nuggets. And before I go on to talk about this game, I got to tell you that, look, ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. And you're not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them. You crave them. That's how it works. I get it. All right? It happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute, I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and, of course, a popcorn chicken? But don't worry. It's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during games just means that you're hungry. So order your bucket online at kc.ca and get it before tip-off. So the Raptors, um, it's it's unbelievable. Um, I'm going to have to talk about Stanley Johnson two shows in a row because Stanley Johnson uh, is finally showing us why he was a number eight overall pick because he led the Raptors to this win. Obviously, it was a team effort. Um, the Raptors, because they had nothing else to play for, they rested four of their five starters. Mark Gasol was the only guy who played, and he really only played the first half. And then off the bench, the only guy that important that really played was Norman Powell, who, you know, um, played a little bit and then just sat, right? Played a little bit. I think he played in the second half. But regardless, we're talking about a starting five with Mark Gasol, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Norman Powell, Matt Thomas, and Terrence Davis. Don't even think that lineup played together this season. Um, you know, it's such a random group. And yet... The Raptors, with this random group, were very competitive, right? And, you know, the Nuggets, yeah, okay, they rested Michael Porter Jr. He's been really good inside the bubble. Uh, and I think Gary Harris was out. But, I mean, look at who they're starting. You know these guys. You know Paul Millsap. You know, I mean, maybe you know Jeremy Grant. Maybe you know Torrey Craig. You know Nikola Mirotic or uh, uh, Nikola Jokic. And you know Jamal Murray, right? That That is an actual, you know, lineup for them. That That is pretty close to their just regular starting lineup. And, yeah, I mean, throughout the first quarter, I mean, some of those guys pretty much only played the first quarter and then just chilled. But throughout the first quarter, the Raptors were actually winning against that group. And, you know, it's, it just speaks to the Raptors and the fact that they have these, this organizational excellence, right? Um, you know, they're just a, they're a well-run team. And, you know, you think about a game like tonight, or today, I guess, is an afternoon. Um, it reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs, right? Like, I remember Greg Popovich used to always get these huge fines because he would rest, you know, Tim Duncan, uh, you know, Mono Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, sometimes even Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Just rest all his guys, and he'll just tell you, all right, you know, it's a national TV game, but it's a back-to-back. I'm resting my guys. And then guess what, man? Guys like Corey Joseph and, like, Aaron Baines and, like, Matt Bonner will go out there and beat actually good teams. 
And the Raptors, honestly, you know, in many ways, they are like the new Spurs. Obviously, the Spurs, um, their playoff streak of 22 years is over. Uh, that got snapped yesterday. Um, you know, you know, the Spurs, you know, they're, they've sort of fallen off. But the Raptors are kind of like that model franchise now, right? They who, just roll the ball out there. We know they are good coaching. We know they're professional. We know they're going to defend. And, yeah, they're, they're deep. Guys can step up. They're ready when they're called upon. And, and you know... This has been really impressive, especially inside the bubble, right? Because so many teams are resting their guys. And because of that, a lot of teams just don't have any depth. Uh, you're seeing a lot of strange results. But look what we saw the last two nights, right? The third unit comes in. They lead a comeback. And, you know, Stanley Johnson hits a buzzer beater. or Not a buzzer beater. A game winner against uh, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm used to saying buzzer beater uh, against the Sixers. Um, you know, you know why. Um and then today, you know, they rest most of their guys. Mark and Norm play, you know, a combined 40 minutes between the two of them. Uh, and look at the result. The Raptors win again, and they led for the whole game. I mean, you look at it. Raptors won the first quarter, tied the second quarter, won the third quarter, lost the fourth quarter by one point. Like, they, they were leading this whole way. And look, I'm not saying that the Nuggets were playing like Jokic and Murray the whole game. No, the two of them played a combined 20 minutes. But... Even with the Nuggets starters in, the Raptors starters were, you know, quote-unquote starters. Really second unit, uh, plus Mark, was winning. And then when the third stringers came in, the third stringers won. And so I, I thought it was just a great uh, performance. Again, it's just another show of depth by the team. And, yeah, I mean, you know, they had guys step up. I mean, look at these two guys today. The, the, the Stanley Johnson and Paul Watson, all right. Um, you know, uh <laughs> I was shameless. I tweeted out a picture of uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on the Bulls. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, one day I can't wait to see Last Dance with uh, with Stanley Johnson because, bro, he's been amazing the last two games. Uh, Stanley today off the bench, 23 points in 29 minutes, was a standout. And look, I think this is really just a testament to, like, how much confidence matters. Because, like, you know, you could just look at it on paper like, yeah, okay, Stanley hasn't done anything all year. No, there's no way he should, you know, he's, you know, whatever. And, he, and every time he came into the game, like, he would try to force things and try to do stuff that it seemed like, look, man, you got too much chip on, uh, dip on your chip. Like, you're, you're trying stuff that is, like, advanced, high-level stuff. It doesn't really seem like that's your role. But we, we see it in a game like today, right? Right after hitting the game winner, Stanley comes in, one of the first subs off the bench, pretty much plays point guard with that unit, which is what he's done for the entire bubble um, because McCaw has been out and hurt. And Stanley has just taken that role and run with it. I mean, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, a block, 9 of 16 shooting, 4 of 8 from deep. And there were, like, legitimate times where Stanley would just, like, beat his man. Like, drive through, like, three guys, finish at the basket. The strength. And then the he was really good defensively. Now, we know he could defend. I, I, you know, even when he struggled, we knew he could still defend. Right? He's, he's what, 6, 7... Uh, probably weighs like 240, pretty athletic, you know, really strong in the post, you know, saw him guarding the post a couple of times, you know, he did his job down there. We knew he could defend. We saw him defend Kawhi Leonard last year uh, in that one game that evidently earned Stanley Johnson a contract. But, um, yeah, I mean, today, the offensive arsenal, I mean, early on it was like, you know, tucking the ball under his arm like a running back, getting to the rim, finishing, um, you know, just so explosive. Like, you, you see, he looks a little quicker than he was before. I think he was just a little bit more decisive, too. Um, and then late in the game, with guys like Bull Bull on him, and Bull Bull is seven foot seven. He had three blocks in 15 minutes because he's seven foot seven. And Stanley Johnson popped two threes in his eye, back to back. And 
Stanley was phenomenal today, man. Uh, he, you know, you and, and you know what's really impressive is that you know he's taken to this point guard role where you know the Raptors. Okay, so McCaw's been out. So the guy that kind of came in to fill McCaw's role was sort of Rondé. Rondé's been playing a lot more minutes. Rondé's been having the ball in his hands, initiating. Um, sometimes it's not great, but you know, essentially they need someone to just trigger and start plays. Someone holding the ball out top. Someone can screen off the off the ball, come around, you know, catch and attack, right? And that role was pretty much the entirety of what McCaw did offensively. That and you know, occasionally hit an open corner jumper. Um, and, you know, Rondé came in. Now, Rondé doesn't give you that corner three opportunity. doesn't give you any three opportunities. I know he hit that one clutch three against Philly, but let's be real. Um, and, you know, he's been handling it. And, you know, the results have not been great. I, I wouldn't say it's been very efficient offense, which is not surprising. I don't think Rondé's, you know, what you go to for efficient offense. But, um, you know, Stanley's basically had that same role with the second unit because a lot of those plays, a lot of those sets, they're for Matt Thomas coming off a couple of screens. You need someone handing the ball to do all that. And I think Stanley's done a good job with it. I mean, we saw him, you know, record a couple of assists in that win over Philly. And we today, six assists, you know, he was creating stuff. I, he he was really creating stuff. Because it's not like every single time Matt Thomas came off a screen, he was got an open shot or anything. Matt Thomas only got six op- shot opportunities. So it was a lot more of just like, you know, running the set, bringing the ball up. And whatever, the set broke down, get into pick and roll, try to attack. And honestly, you know, Stanley provided. He provided. And it's, like, absolutely too late to talk about Stanley Johnson breaking to the rotation or anything like that. I know uh, people are getting excited. Um, but, I, again, I, I just, just see, like, you know, going forward, because he is still on the roster next year. He has a player option, a guaranteed player option for next season that, you know, based on how this year went for him, outside of, you know, tonight and, and uh, on Wednesday – you know, he should absolutely pick that up, you know, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I could see that role for him, right? Because all of a sudden he looked like he had something to do out there, right? Because before he would come in, had pretty much not a set role whatsoever. He's not a guy who's just going to catch and shoot threes, unfortunately, right? Um, I think maybe that's probably the easiest, most tangible way for him to get into a spot because you look at him, he could defend. If he could just hit a three, boom, there's lots of players in the NBA that have that role. But evidently, you know, he's a guy who needs the ball to be a little bit more effective. And so, you know, obviously, if you need the ball, you better be pretty damn skilled with the ball. And, you know, I got to say, Stanley's got some he's got some skill with the ball. So, you know, you got to give Stanley a lot of credit. He really, really led the way for the Raptors today. Um, I thought a guy like Paul Watson was also really impressive. Now, Paul's been on a two-way contract. Um, apparently, the Raptors saw this guy in a tournament in Uruguay. Um you know, uh, a G League sort of invitation or something like that in Uruguay. Uh, you know, he worked out with the team. Uh, you know, he was in a lot of those Rico Hines runs. Uh, he trained with Rico Hines. You know, that's Pascal's guy. And, yeah, even though he's a little older or whatever, I think he's 25. Um, but, you know, he's he's really taking a step forward in his development. You know, he got signed to that two-way contract. The Raptors targeted him specifically, uh, you know, they saw that the, there was something there with Paul. I mean, Paul... This year, the G League level, I think he shot about seven threes a game, hitting about 40%, which is pretty good. I mean, who knows if that translates to the big league club. Obviously, it's a big jump. But at the same time, you know, there is a promising track record there, the fact that he can make threes. You look at the actual, you know, uh, production today, he's got a good stroke. He's four of six. And basically, you know, 
Watson kind of played in like a Norman Powell type of role where, you know, he didn't actually hand the ball and create all that much. But, you know, they ran a lot of plays for him. Coming off screens, catch and shoot, attack, drive against a closeout. He did all of that. He did really well. I mean, you know, the the three-point shot looked really steady. He's really athletic going to the basket. You know, he's, for a guy who's, what, 6'8"? Uh, he can really just like tuck the ball under his arm and then get by the first man and then try to finish at the rim. Um, he's had a couple of drives, not just today. Today was obviously the most prominent, but you know even earlier in the bubble and in the scrimmages, you know we've seen Paul occasionally break that out. You know he can get to the hoop because he is an athletic guy. And the Raptors even ran a play today where you know Stanley was operating the ball out top, and um, I think I'm not sure if it was that was a set play or that was an option within the play, but. Um, Watson curled to the basket across a couple of screens and then caught a lob and finished from um, from Stanley. So, you know, Paul was really impressive. And, you know, he provided, you know, him and Stanley provided the bulk of the scoring to them. I mean, the two of them combined for, what, 45 points tonight. Both shot above 50%. Both hit four threes. Uh, it, was, it was nice. And we know Paul can defend a little bit too. You know, he's got good size and quickness. I wouldn't say he's an elite defender by any means or even a strong defender like Stanley. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't see him as a defensive liability either. So that was nice. I thought, you know, uh, guys like Matt Thomas, Matt Thomas continues to just be really dependable, comes in, does his job, does his role. You know, played 28 minutes, like I mentioned earlier, only got four shots off, but obviously very efficient with the looks he did get. Uh, shot four of six, including a two of three from three, got two free throws as well. So very efficient, 12 points in 28 minutes for Matt. It's actually been really interesting to see the way defenses have really keyed in on him, right? Because, like, whatever. Matt Thomas comes to the game in, like, November. Nobody was giving him any special treatment. They were closing on him because, I mean, clearly he's a shooter. Look at his profile. <laughs> like, he's, he's a shooter, all right? Um, but, like, it wasn't like they were doing any sort of special treatment. Now, after that Bucks game, defenses have uh, scouted the Raptors and uh, guarded Matt a lot more aggressively. Um, you know, a guy like Mike Boonholzer might not necessarily make adjustments in game to stop Matt Thomas from getting 22 points, a career high. But other coaches, you know, uh, who apparently aren't coach of the year can see that he's a shooter. And so they met him at the three point line. You know, he's coming off a lot of these curls, a lot of the same plays, um, you know, that they usually run for shooters. And guys like Paul Millsap, uh, like today or even MB the other day, were just like right at the perimeter getting into Matt Thomas's face and basically forcing him to pass the ball and uh, taking away and just denying the shot because they know how dangerous he is. And so what I liked today was that Matt was able to, you know, use some of that extra attention. Like, I thought, you know, the best pass made tonight was, you know, they had Matt Thomas coming off uh, maybe one or two pin-down screens on one side of the floor coming from, like, the you know, the corner coming up to the top to receive a handoff. And the defense was right up on them, two guys on him, and then one guy on the weak side defending two guys. And Matt read that perfectly. And then threw a right-handed pass across his body into uh, the corner that he was basically started the, uh, the sequence with. And he found Norm in the corner, uh, wide open, uh, and with a really crisp pass, kind of threaded the needle because the help defender almost got his hand to the ball. But, you know, threw the pass right to Norm. Norm hit the corner three. I thought that was a really nice sequence. And, you know, that's, that's where I think, you know, for a guy like Matt, obviously, yeah, if you're going to just be a shooter, you're one-dimensional, right? And right now, he is still kind of one-dimensional, but... We're seeing a little bit more of that playmaking. We're seeing a little bit more of that ball handling. And I think, you know, I mentioned this earlier before, but, you know, that could be a, a source of development. I know the Raptors want to, tr- you know, uh, 
basically turned him into like a JJ Redick type of player. They've given him JJ Redick tape. He's obviously watched a lot of JJ in the first place, but um, that's something that's underrated in JJ's game. JJ's always been a guy who can give you three or four assists because defenses are coming so hard towards him. And usually with a second defender, because he's that lethal of a shooter that he can sort of parlay that extra attention by like, I don't know, hitting the roll man if he, if he goes a little early and, and getting him going downhill or finding a shooter or whatever. And, you know, anytime you create a double team, you should be able to pass out of that and create an opportunity for your offense. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing Matt's development there. I think he's been the most dependable bench guy outside of the rotation or outside of like Norman uh, uh, Surge. I think, honestly, Matt has really, really acquitted himself well inside the bubble. And I think he should really get a solid shot at, you know, the Raptors in the first round, especially against the Nets. I think they'll probably still keep the rotation around nine guys, maybe a 10th guy, maybe nine and a half. And I think Matt should be that ninth guy. Like, he's been that good. He's been that dependable. You know, his main competition is probably a guy like Terrence Davis, who even though he is a point guard and he played point guard, um, quote-unquote, with the starting lineup, uh, you know, operates way more like a shooting guard. And, you know, I thought Terrence had a great start. I thought he's what, he scored 10 points, I think, in the first uh, quarter. Uh, got out in transition, you know, got to the rim for a layup, you know, hit two threes. I was like, he's he's going well. Now, unfortunately, he got scratched in the uh, eye. I forget who it was, but someone scratched him in the eye on a loose ball. You know, he stayed down. It's a pretty nasty shot, actually, on the broadcast. So they showed him bleeding uh, just under his eye. Um, you know, he was able to come back. He was just a cut. So he was able to get patched up, and he played a lot of the fourth quarter. But, you know, I, I thought... His reads weren't as great, especially for a guy who's supposed to be getting reps at point guard. Some of the reads he was making was not great. Like driving one on four, um, there's just no reason for that, uh, especially when you have uh, Kawhi Leonard 2.0 in Stanley Johnson out there uh, or Paul George 2.0 and Paul Watson. Actually, Paul's the best. Paul Watson's the best uh, Paul from uh, Fresno State in the NBA. Um and probably a better Fisher too, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Terrence was just making some tough decisions, and you know, some some, some turnovers that led to easy scores for the Nuggets. You know, he had well, he had made a great steal, which was fantastic, but then he was leading the fast break and trying to throw a lob to Boucher, kind of sold him a little short. That turned into instead of being a two points for the Raptors and a highlight, turned into I think a transition bucket for the Nuggets. There's just some decision making there for Terrence that was really weak and. Honestly, I wouldn't say his defense has been very crisp in the bubble. I think, honestly, even a guy like Matt Thomas, who is a liability, but defensively, like even though Matt is not good defensively, Terrence has made more mistakes where Terrence, even though he's more physically capable, has also been really bad defensively. So if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm looking at this very closely and thinking, you know what, maybe I'll trust Matt, or maybe I'll you know only give TD the first half, and if he does well in the first half, cool, he can keep playing. Otherwise, Matt's coming in. Because we know Matt Thomas, on a moment's notice, can come in and change the game. And even though I like TD more, I think he's a more talented player. He's a better prospect for sure, and he's done way more this year. Um, you know, I, honestly, Matt has done way more in the bubble, and that's kind of what matters. Sometimes you kind of have to throw out the rest of what happened this year. Not completely, but, you know, the bubble is a very new situation. It's literally a whole offseason passed while everyone's in quarantine, and now, you know, we're seeing what it is. And Matt's been great. Matt's been one of the Raptors' top eight players in the bubble, for sure. Um, so, I think he should get some time. Um, but, you know, TD, I've not given up on TD either. You know, he's clearly talented. I mean, he produced today, too. So, it's it's not it's not like, you know, he had a horrendous game. He didn't. He just, you know, uh, plays well in spurts. Um, I thought a guy like Mark, 
first off, it's just nice to have Mark uh, guarding uh, Nikola Jokic. Actually, I thought the Raptors did something really interesting, which was they usually try to get a smaller wing guarding Jokic. Sometimes, you know, even involving pick and rolls and stuff like that, Matt Thomas would end up switching onto Jokic, even though they could avoid that switch. And so what they did was they would have a smaller guy initially guarding Jokic in the post, but then Mark would basically kind of play a soft double team, but like at a distance. Um, so basically to, to keep up uh, that, that rim protection and to sort of maintain a wall just behind Jokic if he wanted to make a move. And I thought it was actually pretty effective. I mean, look, Jokic only played 10 minutes. I don't even know why he played, to be honest. Maybe it was just like a conditioning thing. But um, yeah, he only took one shot in those 10 minutes. And if you think about some of the other games Jokic has played against Toronto, 30 points, f- f- you know, 12 assists, all this other stuff, you know, you know, swarming the guys with that. Just having Mark in the game, just to be that responsible adult in the room who can guard Jokic and also, you know, not only guard him one-on-one, but also guard him as a help defender, as someone to make Jokic want to pass, uh, was pretty good. And then Mark, offensively, you know, in that group, you, you have basically three shooting guards. Norman Powell's a shooting guard, Matt Thomas shooting guard, Terrence Davis functionally a shooting guard, with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who's functionally a center. So Marc Gasol was basically a point forward in this matchup. You know, just setting screens, uh, you know, creating dribble handoffs for Norman Powell, finding Matt Thomas with a beautiful pass where Matt Thomas pretty much cut the whole game. Like, he, he cut for the whole possession. Have you ever seen Ultimate Frisbee? you just seen, like, pretty much 6'3 white guys like Matt Thomas just cut nonstop and then eventually get open for uh, a, a pass. And that was basically what Matt Thomas did. He literally just buzzed around like a bee, made, like, four different cuts to try to get the ball, couldn't, and then cut all the way through and around Mark, you know, um, from the paint across – up top through the three-point line then back into the paint and this time finally after like the fourth cut he got um his man Troy Daniel on his back a little bit and marked through this beautiful pass right into Thomas's hands guiding him to the basket Matt was able to you know score the layup there I thought that was you know obviously I thought Matt had the pass of the game but I thought Mark that that's that pass was right up there too um so I thought Mark just did a really good job setting up the play setting up the floor you know keeping the offensive rebounds uh, to a low for the Nuggets. Obviously, they're a big team. They can really crash the glass. And, um, yeah, and, you know, pretty much sat the, the second half. So, Mark, you know, did his job, was solid, just a parent in the room. And then the rest of it was just, you know, good hustle and good energy by the guys. You know, Malcolm Miller, you know, you know, nice shift for him. I'm, I, I like to see him have his moment. Uh, played some pretty uh, stingy defense. Sometimes the guys scored, whatever, but, you know, was there to contest quite a bit. Uh, was active, was uh, pesky. You know, he's got good length there. You know, he hit two threes. He hit three jumpers, I think, in total. I liked his preparation, the fact that he could just come into a game ice cold, having pretty much never played, and then come in and knock down some shots. I like that about him. Um, he was solid. You know, Dewan Hernandez came in, really pesky on the glass. Um, seven rebounds in 13 minutes, including three in the offensive glass. Just has a nose for the ball, man. And I like that. You always want your big men to have a nose for the ball. And, you know, uh, it's obviously very hard to judge based on, like, essentially a summer league game here. But, um, yeah, DeWan has consistently shown he could, he could board. Uh, and so, you know, he's got some skill there. I do think he needs to get a little stronger. Uh, it seems like he's easily able to get bumped off the ball or, like, a guy can swipe the ball out of his hands. His finishing around the basket today, disappointing. And maybe his finishing overall a little disappointing. Um, and a lot of it just comes down to strength. But there's clearly skill there. He's got soft touch on, on you know, little hook shots. Uh, we saw him hit a three the other night. So, you know, and, and he's fluid with the ball, too. I like that about him. He's fluid. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can move with it. He looks natural when he does stuff like a dribble handoff or like a short roll or something like that. So, you know, there's talent there, especially for a 59th pick. There's definitely talent and value for a 59th pick. 
and yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing what he does in a development setting next year and whether he can sort of become eventually a piece of the rotation. Guy like Chris Boucher, kind of like the prototype, essentially, right? A really mobile big man. Chris came in, did Chris stuff, you know, blocked a shot, maybe a little too jumpy at three point um, uh, shot shooters. Guys would just pump fake him off the, you know, off his feet. But uh, Boucher was able to, you know, crash the glass, you know, uh, just you know disrupt things create lobs you know um did his usual stuff and i think the raptors overall did a great job just like hustling you know look the talent out there was not great the execution out there was not great um but what they did was they out rebounded the nuggets which is very difficult when they have guys like bull bull out there noah vonley uh, mason Plumley. i mean the three of those two guys together is like three seven footers out there it's hard to box some of these guys out they even play guys like pj dozier at point guard even though he's like six five six six so um, the size favored the Nuggets, but the Raptors actually out-hustled them, uh, created more opportunities. And again, they just like ran beautiful offense, man. The Raptors shot 50% from the field, 51% from three. Didn't even get to the free throw line that much, um, but that alone was uh, enough to create a very efficient game, 27 assists for the team as a whole. Um, really solid, you know, really, really solid. And again, whatever, it's, this is meaningless. A lot of these guys aren't even going to see real playoff rotation minutes, if at all. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I'm impressed with the team. Like, this is what they do all year. I guess we're not surprised that the Raptors are shorthanded and they won. Like, yeah, no shit. That's what the Raptors do the whole season. And they did it one more time for us. So the Raptors finish this year, the truncated season, the bisected season with a 53-19 and 19 record. Uh, that is good enough for their best win percentage in franchise history if they had played an entire season uh, of 82 games, they would have won 60 games based on this rate. And you know what? Honestly, that's 7-1 inside the bubble. Let's not overlook that, okay? Because A, the Raptors rested guys pretty much like in like half of those games, okay? Uh, and also, the Raptors had one of the toughest schedules coming into that bubble. Everyone was looking at that thing like, oh man, you know, Boston's got this easy schedule. Raptors got this difficult schedule. Maybe we won't hold on to the second seed. Please. We won the first three games. Obviously, the Celtics game was regrettable, but they're 7-1. and one. They executed. Everyone is healthy outside of McCaw. Um, you know, guys have stepped up. They've used the extra minutes off the bench to get guys like Matt Thomas going. Norm has really found his rhythm after a bit of a slow start. Uh, Surge, he had some strong games there, but then, of course, he also has been uh, he's been out, so we don't really know. Chris has really obviously shown you know what he can do. Paul Watson has shown what he can do. Stanley Johnson has shown what he can do. So confidence is high for the team. They're real focused. They're healthy. They're defending, um, and they're ready to to start the playoffs. So the Raptors obviously play the Brooklyn Nets at the start of the uh, first round on Monday. It is a day game because all Raptors Nets games need to be day games, which I don't even hate, honestly, man, because if I'm looking at the rest of the playoff matchups as an average Raptor fan, as an average NBA fan, not watching Raptors Nets, unfortunately, um, maybe obviously second round, definitely watch whoever the Raptors are playing, but there's some spicier matchups out there, but um, yeah, so in terms of the podcast, I'm going to be doing a Nets preview, so look out for that, and um, yeah, I can tell you about things like what you know, Chris Chioza does, or, you know, who Dante Hall is, or is, you know, Joe, Joe Harris, the second coming of Clay Thompson, uh, or if Karis Lavert is, you know, Bradley Beal, and the, the Nets don't even need to trade for Bradley Beal, uh, you, you'll, you'll hear all that soon, so look out for that uh, playoff preview. Uh, in terms of YouTube content, Run It Back is out there, you know, another episode of Raptors group chat, uh, another hilarious episode, so check those out on YouTube. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'll have a written preview because, you know, content does not sleep. There is no weekend coming up for me, man. There is there's just more content coming up. So in terms of your three stars today, first star, obviously, Stanley Johnson, bro. 23 points, four rebounds, six assists, a steal, a block, nine of 16 from the field, four of eight from from deep in 29 minutes. Stanley Johnson, man, uh, you know, back-to-back first stars. I don't know how many players have done that this year. I would guess Pascal, Kyle, maybe Fred. Uh, maybe Norm, but man, I mean, you know, Stanley, buddy, the last two games has been phenomenal. He hits that game winner. He's full of confidence. And then look at what he produces today. I'm not even kidding, man. He he was phenomenal today. Uh, so you got to give Stanley Johnson his props. Second star, we're going to have to Paul Watson, 22 points in 27 minutes, 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 6 from deep, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, plus 8. Uh, super quiet guy. I don't think I saw him smile the whole game. Uh, apparently, that's just part of his demeanor. But, um, yeah, he's he's got some talent, man. His game speaks for itself. You know, he had some dunks, had some great drives, um, had some threes. The, sh- the shot looked smooth. So, again, you know, Raptors development staff, man. I mean, they, they find people. The scouting staff finds people. The, the, the development staff develops people. They have a mature organization. And, you know, um, yeah, Paul Watson, man. Don't be surprised if he's doing stuff. Uh, next year for the for the team, and then third star, couple options to go here. You know, I thought Malcolm was real solid. I thought Boucher was real solid. Matt Thomas was real solid. But honestly, man, when am I really gonna get another chance to give Malcolm Miller a, a star? So Malcolm Miller, ten points, one rebound, three assists, a steal, twenty six minutes, four or five shooting, two or three from three. Played some great defense, unselfish. Uh, took some open shots, stretched the floor. Good stuff from Malcolm. Uh, so, those are your three stars. In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, um, that's got to go to P.J. Dozier. Yeah, that guy was, oh my goodness, he was good. Now, I saw him in Summer League. I think he was with the Sixers, and he was really nice in that one, too. It's curious why no one else was going to stick with him. But he's clearly a talented scorer. I mean, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals. A lot of the shots that he made were contested. He had 5 of 6 from 3. Uh, you know, decent player. And again, the Nuggets, you know, right up there with the Raptors in terms of just, you know, teams that can really scout and then really develop. I mean, you look at these guys, Jokic, second round pick, Murray's a lottery pick, but, you know, they made him into something nice. Torrey Craig, you know, just a, you know, basically a Fred Bambley type story. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant got him in a trade, but, you know, he's a real solid player, not, not based on what we saw today. Uh, they have a lot of nice pieces too, so. Shout out to the Nuggets. And of course, you know, they were the ones the Raptors hired Masai from. So thanks to Denver for letting Masai go. That was maybe not the smartest move, but uh, I don't know. As Raptor fans, we thank you. Uh, we, we love Masai over here. So that does it for the podcast. Uh, once again, you know, lots of content out there. You know, the Raptors Nets uh, running back preview is up on YouTube already. The Raptors group chat is up on YouTube already. Uh, what else? The Raptors over everything live calling show. So originally I said it was going to be Monday, but that was before the schedule came out. Now, knowing that the Raptors are going to play game one of the uh, net series on Monday, we're going to have that show on Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. So the day after the Raptors hopefully go up one nothing against the Nets. Although, honestly, if the Raptors lose game one to the Nets, I'm expecting some hilarious calls. So call in next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, you know, after, after game one. And, uh, you know, there's going to be another Nets preview on podcast form coming up soon. So... Uh, look out for all that content. You know, the Raptors are going to the playoffs. And again, you know, they have, what, the second best record this season. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Man, even the, you know, even the most prominent Raptor fan who could tell you right off the top of the head they were 17-5 and five without Kawhi Leonard last year. So you shouldn't have been surprised. Even the most prominent Raptor fans, most uh, optimistic Raptor fans, if you had told them 
losing Kawhi and Danny, replacing them with Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson, and you're going to have injuries to all the pretty much everybody on the rotation except for OG. You, they will not tell you the Raptors will have the second best record in the NBA, but that's what the Raptors have. The second best record in the NBA this year, and it's been an incredible regular season. I'm so thankful for the team for, you know, just being as competitive and being as likable as they are, um, you know, so that, you know, people would listen to this podcast. And so I'm really excited for what this year has given us. I'm really appreciative. The Raptors only finished 2.5 games back of the Bucks, man. I'm just... <laughs> They finished five games ahead of the Celtics this year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah, that's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm, I'm excited about what, what's gone on so far, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'll be back later with a uh, Nets preview podcast. Peace. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.